Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you doing? I pray that you're doing well. Um, you know, I am. Um, I'm torn uh, between um, reading you some news reports um, that I have read in the last two days. They are. Uh, I'm just going to say this much, but quite frightening meaning that our government um, is taking control more and more and more and more. People are being taken out of their homes. This sounds like uh, Orwell. This sounds impossible. It sounds Twilight Zone. But I've read several reports. I've seen some videos. I don't think it's propaganda. Uh, The government is separating families. Uh, taking anyone out, quote unquote, they say, for your own protection, for to save you from this COVID nineteen. Um, I'm going to double check a couple of these reports uh, without including them in what I'm saying now. It feels uh, over the top, Twilight Zone. And I say it, if I'm wrong, I please God that I'm wrong, but um, I'm not engineering these stories. I'm not reading a fake report. Uh, it's, it's going on in our country, in Canada, in other countries, but in our country where children are being taken out of the home and put in... Uh, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a lot of research today and, and say this to you tomorrow. Um, I hope I'm not irresponsible in saying this, but it's keeping me awake at night um, because our government is, the the evil within it is um, showing itself by the day in ways that we are completely shocked and we say it's impossible. Where'd you get that rumor? Um... I think it's happening, beloved. Um, I think we are being increasingly controlled. Um, uh, Many states are opening up, um, and yet in in very limited ways, stores and everything, but not churches in many cases. Um, I'm sorry to say so little without saying more, but I want to double-check what I would say more. Um, Police are coming into homes and removing husbands and wives and children, uh, breaking up families. They want to completely destroy the family, use this COVID-19 pandemic um, to get rid of the family once and for all. Um... I, I, forgive me for not reading you these articles directly, 
but um, I'm going to spend time today and double-check them. But they're from all over. It's not one source. They're from all over. You don't need me to tell you these things. You can go on the Internet. Um, if you're on the Internet, you can do that. And um, just look up different reports. It's not in the main news yet. It it should be. Um, it, it's truly Twilight Zone. So I say this much to you. You can say, spread rumors, Mother Miriam is a conspiracy theory uh, theorist and all of that. Uh, I pray that's not true. And I, I really wanted to not even say this much to you, but many of you out there are certainly up on the news more than I am and have sources of news and blogs and, and um, all kinds of avenues. So... Um, Forgive me for starting your day off this way, but um, I I feel I cannot keep it to myself. How could I dare? So I'm only saying enough to say, check the news. Check what's going on with this COVID-19. Um, and I think there's at least five states in this country so far that are turning into police states. Uh, with the National Guard, um, making sure that people, quote-unquote, for their own good, go to the hospital to be tested for COVID-19. It's terrible. If the police showed up at my door, I would lock the door, and I'd say, show me your search warrant, because they're not, they don't have them, and I would not let them in. So, um... I don't have a, a message here, a conclusion here. I might be uh, really come against for spreading such things, but uh, they're already all over the country. Uh, I'm getting the news from many, many people and many sources. So I'll give you a fuller report tomorrow. Um, but I, I only in my heart want to tell you that it seems like we're living in the twilight zone and the forces behind all this want to destroy the family destroy us um and in fact uh, kill many of us um uh, bill gates has said that he thinks the lockdown should continue until the whole world and every person in it is vaccinated um and that would be seven billion people and we know that he has been a part of developing vaccines in the past that have killed thousands of people. So I think that's their aim. I don't know the full story. I'm only, I'm not even guessing here. I'm, I'm speaking to you what I've read from uh, more than one source in every instance. Uh, you could say, Mother Miriam... My goodness, your voice goes out over the world. Why? You need to be much more responsible than this. I feel that. But I also feel a, a, a sense of desperation to, again, warn you, to, um, uh, to say this is not in the future. It's already happening. It's already happening. Uh, and it reads like a science fiction horror movie. So... If I'm wrong, I praise God for that. But if I'm right, 
Um, it's not me who is right if these articles and videos that show people taken, being taken out of their homes, if, um, if, it's, if it's correct, how could I dare not speak of it? Um, I cannot. I cannot withhold it. So, oh, again, this is an awful way to start the program and the day. I hadn't intended to, actually, but it is weighing very heavily on my conscience. Um, I think of the Holocaust with the six million Jews and the six million non-Jews that were killed. And people right there in Germany and elsewhere, it was going on right under their nose, over the wall. And they either didn't know it or they turned their faces. Other countries turned their their heads and they knew it was happening. They knew millions of people were being burned in the gas chambers. They knew they were dying and they did nothing. Um, And when the World War II was over and the people wanted to return, the people who were still able to stand, they were sticks, they were thin, they were ill, um, countries refused to take them uh, and turned the boats away, including our country. This is horrible, I know, but it can't happen again. It's happened with abortion. Um, It's that we just pick it picket uh, buildings in which thousands of babies are being murdered, uh, some with their mothers when things go wrong, and we say abortion is murder, and we walk with signs, and and I'm, I'm glad for that, but it's insanity. It's insanity. If someone's being killed, we should break the doors down and stop it. We've gotten so used to, used to evil. We've gotten so used to it and we hide and we say well i'm going to stay out of that and i understand that but i think now it's us now it's us it's our families it's our loved ones it's those we know people are calling me saying where can we go where can we hide i'm not the only one that knows this um my goodness probably many of you who are um who are listening uh, uh, could could tell us more. Um, I was talking to a family yesterday that wanted to take their children and and leave the United States, and we were looking for certain places where they could go, even as missionaries. And those countries were also locked down, and the missionaries who went to them were not allowed to return. It's it's just an it's an absolute. Twilight Zone Insanity. What can we do, beloved? What can we do? I'll give you my own thoughts when we return. God bless you, and I'll speak with you uh, right after the break.
LifeSite News is an international news agency devoted to defending life and family and restoring Christian culture. We aim to educate and activate our readers with the information they need to fight the most crucial battles of our day in their churches, workplaces, and families. Our motto is Caritas in Veritate, Love in Truth. We firmly believe that promoting the truth is an act of love, however hard it is to hear. Over the last 20 years, we have built a reputation for uncompromising reporting, no matter the cost. LifeSite News is by far the most popular pro-life website on the internet, with over 40 million unique users every year and growing. Check us out at LifeSiteNews.com. questions about your faith life and the life of your family? Ask Mother Miriam each weekday from 10 to 11 a.m. Eastern when the Station of the Cross brings you Mother Miriam Live, a program to inspire you and offer solutions to many of life's challenges. Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam with some very exciting news. Through a partnership between the Station of the Cross and LifeSite News, you will be able to listen and watch Mother Miriam live on YouTube and Facebook at the Station of the Cross, including past episodes on podcast. As always, you're going to be able to call, text, or email whatever your questions are. If you are not able to watch the live stream, you'll still be able to listen on your local Station of the Cross affiliate on the iCast. Catholic Radio mobile app or at thestationofthecross.com. God bless you. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back to Mother Miriam Live, beloved um, we're going to uh, take your calls, your emails, um, and your texts uh, following the next break in just a few minutes, and we'll have a whole half hour to ourselves um, for for me to try to catch up on some of your emails. Um, I I gave some um, quite um, distressing uh, news or message. I don't know if it's news to you all, or maybe you're saying it's about time you caught up mother Miriam. I don't know, but this is not being told, uh, in, in mainstream media or radio. Uh, to me, it, we cannot be silent about it because our, never mind our country is at risk. Our, our lives, life as we know it is at risk. So, um, uh, what do we do about it? I think uh, we can do nothing about something of which we're not aware. And so I would say don't panic, just be aware. Um, know that you and your family and your children uh, could be, um, could not have the freedom and the protection that you've been used to in this United States of America of all places. Um that the government has many, many ways to um, to invade our lives. 
and they're doing it through technology, through a police force. Uh, it, it's really 1984. Uh, Orwell, it's, it's an amazing situation. So what do we do here? We are aware of it. And uh, we are we keep checking, double checking news reports so that they're not propaganda, simply to frighten us. Um, but I'll tell you, um, I don't know how to go on with just regular uh, uh, discussing our faith and all of that, and keep silent about this. So I'm I'm I pray it's of God, uh, or if I'm wrong, that's even better. But we need to be aware. And we need to not be afraid. Um, Nothing, if we are living in the will of God, that's the key, beloved. If you are living in the will of God, if you're living in sin, you have nothing to protect you. If you're living in the will of God, then you don't have to be afraid. And and you may be... you may be attacked. You may be. I don't know. where. It's not that we're immune, but nothing touches us that God doesn't allow. And in that, we're safe. In that, we are safe. We think of, we were talking about this yesterday in the Priory, anything that comes to us, anything that comes against us, and we've had a lot in these past three years come against us, I, I just know it's from God, and I trust, and we're at peace. It's not a problem. But if I were not living in the will of God, which I strive to do all the time, if I were not living in the will of God, I would be afraid. But in the will of God, I'm not afraid. Um, but it's it could be nerve-wracking to see these reports. So um, just get your family in shape and pray and love one another. And go ahead and don't shut the news out. Uh, you can. You can. You can live in a little utopia. We've heard lots of stories of this in past decades, but not in our lifetime. So um, um, trust God and curl up as a family when you can all be together. Read through the scriptures. Read through the catechism. It's what God has given us. Uh, read the books on the saints. Um, 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 Be transformed, Paul wrote to the Romans, by the renewing of your mind, that you may know what the good and perfect and holy will of God is. Um, And just stick to your faith and cling to it and read through the Bible. And I tell you, I have an exercise that I have given to so many people, including the the women who enter here, um, to go through the Bible with with a little notebook and a pencil or pen, just chapter by chapter, day by day, and make a little diary for yourself. You put today's date, let's say chapter 1 of Genesis. I've, I've said this before, I picked chapter 1 of Genesis because it's a good place to start, and it's so easy to answer these questions. You have three questions and then a prayer. Um, the first question is, um, what is... One thing, there could be ten things, but what is one thing that is true of God in this chapter? Now, I'm telling you this in the midst of all this crazy and frightening news. I'm telling you that this is a wonderful exercise for you and your family to come together. Because people are frightened and they make all kinds of assumptions about God because they don't know him. They have faith in a God, in many cases, of their own imagining. Um, and so this is a way to know 
God and to know yourself and to be at peace in him, to trust him, to be a little, when, you know, when something happens, a little two-year-old r- runs to mommy or daddy, mommy cries and mommy picks him up or daddy picks him up and now he's in mommy and daddy's arms and he's safe. He's safe. He doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't know anything. He's not in control. He cannot be, but he's in mom's and dad's arms. It's all he needs. It's all he needs. And we are sheep and we are children of God. And all we need is to be under God's, in God's arms. Um, And uh, the way to do that is to know who God is and to know who we are in order to be able to trust and not be afraid. Um, So here's a little Bible study plan. Read one chapter at a time, even a half a chapter. Don't worry about it. But read a section of scripture at a time. And when you finish reading, if you read three chapters, uh, do this exercise for each chapter. And for question number one, what is true of God in this chapter? That is an adjective, not what he does, but what is true of God because of what he does. So in Genesis chapter one, God created the heavens and the earth and all that exists. So what's true of him? Well, he's certainly powerful. Okay, there you go. He's all powerful. So there. Now, the the whole Bible was written to tell us about God and about man. That's it. God and us in relationship to God. And so, because it's God's love letter to us, he wrote it to us, and so many have never read it through. So in in Genesis chapter 1, what is true of God? It's true of him that he created the whole world, but you've got to find an adjective. What is he like because he did that? So God is all-powerful. All right. Secondly, what's true of mankind in Genesis chapter 1? What's true of us? We were created, but we didn't do anything. But what's true of us is that we're not all-powerful. We could do it that way, a negative, what we're not. God is all-powerful, and we are not. And then, um, what is... Make a conclude The third one... The third question is, what does that have to do with my life today? So number one, what is true of God, an attribute? Number two, what is true of us, an attribute, an adjective? What are we like because of what we did or didn't do? Number three, what does that have to do with my life today? What is it? What So what that I found out and I, I learned and now I understand more that God is all-powerful and I'm not. What's that got to do with my life today? Well, if God is all-powerful and I am not, I think he could solve my problems. You see? I think he can protect me. I think he can lead us and guide us. And then those are the three questions. What is one thing true of God? One thing true of us? And what does that have to do with my life today? Um, And then the fourth thing is to have a little prayer at the end. Uh, Lord, um, help me to trust you more. Protect my husband, my wife, my children, my my parents, my friends, my enemies. Protect them, dear Lord. You are able to do all things. And God answers prayer, beloved, according to his wisdom. All right. So uh, if you do that every day, even if it's five minutes a day, start the habit. Get a little book. Uh, paper, whatever you want to write with, a little diary, and every single day, put the day's date, chapter one, Genesis, 
whatever chapter of whatever book you're reading, and those three questions. Read to see what has happened in the text, and then say what is true of God because of what he has done or not do. Number two, and just a sentence. And the it seems so simple, but the difficult part of this is that if we're really going to get to know God, we should not call on our memory for this exercise. Um, we know, for example, that God is kind. Uh, but we could say that. We could say, well, God is kind and generous. In, in generous, listen to me, in Genesis chapter 1. But I would say to you, where do you see that? You see, because... Um, uh, don't it, it's a, it's going to be a challenge to not um, draw on what you know about God and put it into that chapter. Anything you say about God must come out of what you read, what you read, even if even if it's what you already know about Him. You know He's a loving God. You know He's. But if you say, "Well, He's a loving God," in Genesis chapter one, we know that's true. But I would say to you, how do you find that in Genesis chapter 1, that he's a loving God, you see? Um, and you're going to struggle with that, even though he created everything in love. But you're going to struggle with that because those verses are not in Genesis chapter 1. So um, if you do that, you will draw nearer to God. You will get a more true, a truer picture of him and you will see yourself and God a little more sanely and you'll be able to face reality and you'll be able to really begin to trust God. And you go through the entire Bible that way, you are, you're going to be terrific. You're going to be in wonderful shape. And you won't fall into the trap of making God in, in your own image or our own image. So... Um, that would be a great thing for you to do. And you say, Mother, in the midst of this, in the midst, you're scaring us this morning, in the midst of all this news, you want us to sit down with a book and start reading the Bible for five minutes a day? Or yes, five minutes a day will change your life. Five minutes a day is better than three hours, three times a week, because it's the habit that you'll form and you'll begin to walk with God. That's right. And if you can build five minutes in time to 10 minutes, great. That's great. And then maybe 15 minutes. It would be wonderful. But consistency, even a place in the home where you meet God, a, a chair corner, a prayer corner, a prayer table, or your bedroom, a living room nook, whatever it is, <clears throat> that you set up as a prayer table, it, it'll become your treasured place with God. There's the music for our second break, beloved. We'll be back after the break. Call in with anything on your heart, toll free. 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back.
We stand at a crossroads in history. We can stand up for life, family, and a Christian culture, or we can stand idly by while the fabric of society becomes fundamentally anti-life, anti-family, and anti-Christian, slowly leading to its own demise. LifeSite News is the leading defender of life, family, and Christian culture. Through our news reporting, we seek to educate readers with information and zeal. They need to fight the most crucial battles of our day, and we need your help to continue that mission. You can support LifeSite News by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Another way to support LifeSite is to prayerfully consider becoming a Sustain Life monthly donor to help us continue to save lives in the culture. To donate, visit give.lifesitenews.com forward slash sustain life. Our staff of over 40 and millions of future generations, thank you for helping to save the culture. Join us here on the Station of the Cross for the Liturgy of the Hours at 5 a.m., 3 p.m., and 9.30 p.m. Eastern with the Office of Readings read at 3 o'clock. In the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 18, verse 20, Jesus tells us, Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. The Liturgy of the Hours is also known as the Divine Office and is the daily prayer of the Church. So you know you'll be uniting your prayer with priests, religious, and laity throughout the world. It's comprised of small reflections, readings from sacred scripture, and writings from saints and theologians. To learn more about the Liturgy of the Hours, visit thestationofthecross.com. That's thestationofthecross.com. Pray with us each day at 5 a.m., 3 p.m., and 9.30 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back to Mother Miriam Live, beloved. Uh, we have a whole half hour together, and you are um, uh, invited. I love to hear from you. The toll-free number or to call or text, one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three. We have Nancy from Cleveland on the on the line. Hi, Nancy. Hi. Uh, first of all, thank you for taking my call. Surely, thanks for calling. Oh. Uh, um. I had a question regarding um, when Jesus had been crucified, he had told the thief next to him, today you will be with me in paradise. Mm -hmm. But in other areas, um, there's mention, um, just as Jonah had spent three days and nights in the belly of the great fish, Jesus would rise three days or on the third day. So... And he didn't tell the thief, three days from now I'll meet you in paradise. Right. Was he only... I'll, I'll let you comment. I think I know, figured it out. Yeah, well, go ahead. But, um, go ahead. Well, do you think that he was saying... Um, three days later, he was just only referring to the physical body. 
Uh, no. But in the other reference with the thief, he was meaning in spirit should be with him. No, he meant immediately. Um, Number one, uh, you know, I need to look that up. You're not the first one that's asked that question, and I don't have a full answer to it, Nancy. Um, hold on just a moment. Um, I have an article before me that would answer it, but I would have to take time um, to um, to go through it. Um, today in in jewish terminology you know jesus was three days and three nights um uh in the earth but uh, um how do i want to say the jewish time frame is not 24 hours and so a day is part of the day it's it's three days um would have been Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. He was crucified Friday, he rose on Sunday, but he was crucified Friday um, just before sundown, according to Jewish law. And by about 4 a.m. in the morning, when the women went to the tomb, uh, it was already empty. So uh, the day in Jewish thinking uh, just means now, it doesn't mean a literal 24 hours. Um, the thief wouldn't have gone physically to heaven because there's no no one is physically in heaven um, until the um, the final judgment when we will receive our new bodies. So uh, we're in heaven, uh, uh, soul and spirit, uh, but not with our bodies, not with our resurrected bodies. Um, I know I'm I'm flubbing here a little bit. Um, so it, the today is not a literal day. It means that now, uh, because we know that Jesus went down into um, uh, hell for three days, he he preached the gospel to those that were waiting, um, and um, uh, so even he wasn't in paradise that day. But um, it would it would just mean immediately. Uh, you would be with God. But the minute we are with God in any form, we are outside of time. And so it just meant that for sure the, the thief would be with him today. That he doesn't, He's not going to have to go through purgatory. He's not going to have to go through years of waiting on the promise. Um, it meant that at his death, he would be with God. Whatever that time is, there's no time out of, out of earth. Um, out of time and space. So I really probably messed that up for you, Nancy, but um, I'll do some work and look it up. What What are your thoughts? Heart of the earth is equal to hell, when they refer to that in the Bible. Uh, well, it, Gehenna, there's a waiting place um, in the Old Testament where it says Sheol, the old... Uh, uh-huh testament folks that was the waiting place it wasn't it wasn't a literal hell uh whoever actually goes into hell doesn't come out um but there are waiting places of the dead so adam and eve uh you see at the resurrection during those three days before he physically came out of the tomb he went and preached the gospel to the souls that were waiting for him and took Adam and Eve by hand out of that waiting place, somewhat of a purgatory. So um, hell has, uh, again, 
I don't remember these things off the top of my head. I'm really sorry. But there's several names that have been used for hell. And um, uh, there are names in the Hebrew. There are names in the Greek. One is the permanent hell that where the fire does not uh, go out and souls who reject God will be forever. That's not the hell that God took people out of. That's that was more I of a purgatory waiting place. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Well, I, I didn't have... do a good job on this one. Let me see. No, I, I can... thought you did. Um, okay. Uh, do you believe God made both good and bad? Created both good and bad. No, I don't, Nancy. I've come across people who do, um, but I do not believe that. I believe. What Genesis well, I don't says? Want to believe it, but, no, I don't yeah. think you should. I think that would be dishonoring God. I think it would be uh, speaking of a God who doesn't exist. Genesis says he made, uh, he saw everything he made, and it was good. Um, th- what sin is is uh, what Adam and Eve did. There was no fruit that poisoned them on the tree, even though they ate from the tree. The, what turned them from God, and what turned God from them is their disobedience. They had a choice to obey God or not. And the moment they turned their back and said, we're going to do it our way, uh, believe the devil's lie and do it our way, um, then that's when they were separated from God and and punished and put out of the garden. God did not create that. Um, uh, whatever is not of God is, is simply... Um, where bad evil comes from. Um, if it's not of God, uh, you could say, well, it's not, some things are not that bad if they're not of God. We could disobey him in a number of ways. It may not be sin. I don't know that. It depends upon the, the situation. But um, no, God has not created sin. He has not created bad. He has not created evil. I know there are those who disagree, but I don't haven't found anything that has ever uh, put the bad on God. If God created bad, then then we would say, you did it, Lord. It's not our fault, but he did not. He created us all good and perfect, but with a free will. But doesn't mean that's bad. It's He created us with a will to love him or not, to follow him or not, Um Uh, And that's our choice. We can follow him and be in heaven. We can turn from him and be in hell. He gives us that choice out of his love. Because if he didn't, if he simply made us love him, we'd be robots and it wouldn't be love. All right. Thank you very much. Okay, Nancy. God bless you, dear. Mm -hmm. All right. And you too. Thank you. We have Linda from Leesburg, Florida on the line. Hi, Linda. Oh, hi, Mother Miriam. I've been listening to you, and I think you're fabulous. I think you're right on. I'm I'm similar to your age in general, and I really, really long for the old days or something like that because this is craziness, like it you're is. saying this morning. Um, I have a question. The church, my church is going to be open next week for daily mass and then at the end of the month for the regular masses on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Should we, is it okay to receive on the hand? I prefer to have it on the tongue because it's sacred and I really feel it's disrespectful to be acting like you're just lining up to get it in your hand. Right. Because of the pieces that could be coming off of it and it just makes me so sad. 
So is it better to do a spiritual communion I or think so. to take it in the hand? No, I don't think our Lord should be so debased, uh, dishonored, and treated like a piece of fast food. Um, and I, I've said sometime last week that if the debauchery, if the degradation of receiving communion on the hand never began, um, if there was no such thing but uh, as to receive him, the Lord of all, on the tongue, as you will have in a Latin parish, I don't think the debauchery of our day would be happening. In this, you probably know it, Linda, in this whole coronavirus situation, um, our Lord is being uh, distributed consecrated hosts in baggies. And families, the, the name of the family's on the baggie, and they come and grab their baggie and take him home. This is insane. Others are putting him in matchboxes. I heard yesterday also a situation where people are receiving from their priests uh, or being mailed unconsecrated hosts. And all they have to do is look at a mass online, a live stream mass, hold up their consecrated host in the little baggie, and the priest's consecration will consecrate the host in the baggie through the TV. It is so evil. It is so utterly insane. I will not do that myself. You are free to receive communion on the hand. The USCCB bishops have said no. Communion on the tongue is 100% allowed. Uh, it is the norm of the church, not the hand. The norm is, is the tongue. And um, I personally, Linda, uh, would not receive our Lord on the hand. I would, I would make an act of spiritual communion instead quite a while ago and i really felt that it's like a herd effect that you all just go up there and it's so so lackadaisical so casual that's right it's not that's i mean terrible. i remember i was a little girl when they stopped the altar rail and the, mm -hmm. and that was so cool i remember the priest coming down and the anticipation like it was going to be my turn to get it it was just so different from just walking up and walking away with the eucharist minister it's just not the same no i know there should be no Eucharistic minister. There should be no communion in the hand. The whole thing is a, it's an unspeakable uh, degradation. And it's a loss of faith in our Lord and in the Eucharist. So that's the situation. And um, uh, we know of one bishop, at least, uh, not just us, but it's all over the news, uh, that said, if anyone makes a fuss about not receiving communion on the tongue, and that means they just come up and automatically kneel, then they'll be put out of the church and not allowed back. This is pure evil. In the church, pure evil. So no, Linda, at all costs, let us, re re let us retain um, the reverence we have for God. It's very frustrating Mother, it's very frustrating because it's bad enough like the world was separate from the church, but now the church is like the world, and so it's like, it's very scary. It's I think like the church is worse than the world now, Linda. I think it's more frightening than the world. Why? Because there are governors who have allowed masses to be resumed and people to receive the Holy Eucharist, but it's the bishops in several cases that are stopping it, and they say it's for our protection. They're wrong. They're wrong. 
no one, uh, I'm not judging them, uh, canon law, the top cardinals and bishops of the church have said no one, no bishop, no priest has the right to refuse communion and communion on the tongue to anyone. They have no right to do it. They are acting against God and against the church. I think it's more evil in the church, and I think that's the plan of the enemy, to destroy the church, to destroy the family. God bless you, Linda. We've got to go to this break. Um, and just uh, stay as you are, love God, and you can receive Him spiritually every day. We'll be right back after the break, beloved. Our lines are open. You're welcome to call in. Toll free, 1-877-511-5483. We'll be right back. The future of the family is grim. As Our Lady of Fatima said, the final battle will be for the family. It truly seems as though we're in the heat of this final battle and we need your help. Our mission at LifeSite News is to educate and activate readers with the information they need to defend life and the family and restore Christian culture. We are currently the most popular pro-life website on the internet with over 40 million unique users every year. And we've been experiencing an even bigger reach than ever this year. But we need your help to reach more of the 7.7 billion people on earth if we are to truly succeed in changing the culture. Please consider donating to help our mission of promoting the culture of life and fearless defenders of the faith like Mother Miriam. Visit give.lifesite.news.com to give today. Thank you for your support. Hi, this is Terry Barber from The Terry and Jesse Show. Every week we bring you the gospel with clarity and charity. We want you to know Jesus and his bride, the church. If you have any questions about the faith or what is happening in the church, be sure to tune in each week. We love it when you join the conversation at 888-526-2151. It's The Terry and Jesse Show, 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, heard around the world on the iCatholic radio app. The Catholic Current, on the Station of the Cross, Catholic Radio Network. He goes to St. Typical's, and there's Father Cheerful in his polyester vestments, and you've got a chorus of castrati-like singers warbling about Jesus as the butterfly who never dies. That's going to crush a young male spirit. Tune in weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross and iCatholic Radio for The Catholic Current, bringing Christ to the world and the world to Christ. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our last section. We have a segment. We have about 10 minutes, and our lines are wide open. If you wish to call in, you can see I don't always have the answers, but uh, we, we try to get them. And uh, there's a, 
uh, a particular question up here that um, I don't have the answer to. And rather than read it out loud and tell you I don't have the answer, I'm going to do a little research on it and see if I can uh, bring it to you tomorrow. Um, We have an email from Morgan who writes, Dear Mother Miriam, I would like to honor the Blessed Mother by placing a statue of her in our garden. Do you have any advice for how to discern which image of Our Lady we should choose? Thank you in advance for your advice. Morgan. Oh, dear Morgan, I would just say choose one out of love. If a particular apparition or image of Our Lady is very dear to your heart, it's all the same lady. I've often said that uh, she's our Jewish mother, mother of the Jewish Messiah, and she shows up all over the world in different outfits. (laughs) But... um, uh, no, whatever's dear to your heart. I probably the, uh, and there's no shoulds here at all. Uh, it, it's really what is love in your heart. Probably the most, um, frequently chosen image is Our Lady of Grace as she stands there with her arms out, um, as if grace is pouring from her fingers. So that's probably the most popular one for the garden, but uh, Our Lady of Guadalupe, Our Lady of Fatima, um, many, many uh, images that you can choose from. So um, I would, if if I were choosing uh, one for our garden, I would make it for us, Our Lady of Guadalupe, only because she is the lady of our of our community. And one day, God willing, whenever we find a home, God willing, um, we'll have a life-size, life-size statue of Our Lady of Guadalupe outside in the yard with a huge basket in front of her and a big sign over her. And it's going to say, am I not your mother? And a basket under her, it's going to be close enough for passersby to be able to reach and a little sign, prayer basket, so everybody that comes by can put their prayer requests in there. She's their mother. That's been my dream for years. But we have we need a home first. So um, so again, whatever's whatever's on your heart, um, you might take a look at some of the um, uh, websites that have garden statues, and uh, as well. And and see see what um, see if if something really strikes your heart. All right, we have an email from Peter. He says, "Dear Mother Miriam, I stumbled across your name on Google just two days ago and listened to your talks. I agree with you completely that this coronavirus is chastisement from the Lord. I don't see what else it could be." It seems to have come into the world without any explanation as to how. I'm going to say, Peter, that among a number of the reports I read yesterday, I think we, we're beginning to know how it came into the world. And again, it's through evil, but it's through the manipula- manipulation of men, of human beings. Um, and uh, it, it's truly evil. However... Uh, I do believe it's a chastisement all the same. Um, Things don't usually come from nothing. Um, But God allows them still uh, as a chastisement. Peter said, I think, says that uh, over the last 19 or so years, our Western capitalist culture has been under judgment. I I, I agree. Um, 
Take, for example, the terrible terrorism like some, none before it, which struck I-9-11 straight, the forefront of our mammon-centered West as the world watched. Um, all its targets to this very day have been Western capitalist ones. A second example is the global warming uh, disasters which are striking every year since Hurricane Katrina in 2005. Again, almost all of the targets are Western capitalists, and it has been worse than ever. Um, all right, I don't know how much, let me, just two small paragraphs here. And now recently this coronavirus, which again has struck the hardest at the richest nations, with the richest, most powerful nation. Um I don't know that because uh, yesterday I was looking up uh, the possibility of a family heading for Peru and um, they are complete, they're in lockdown. They're like us. So I, I don't know. Um, it, it might be that it is the richest, most powerful nations that have the media uh, streams and so we know about them more than others. Um, and it's, he says, if the U.S., is being by far the hardest hit as it has been in the previous two years. It has brought the West to a virtual standstill. I wish it would bring the West to a virtual standstill to stop the evil. Uh, During this coronavirus, um, uh, churches are closed, but liquor stores are open and supermarkets are open and video stores are open and Planned Parenthood is open. So millions of babies could be killed while we cannot go into church. You see, this is not of God. This is a chastisement allowed uh, from him, for sure. But this is evil, and it is the fruit of the people behind it. Um, and, and he closes by saying, even with all this, the churches in the West try to avoid speaking on the end times in judgment. Why would this be? I think that's also part of Satan's plan to destroy the church and the family and the world. If we're ignorant, what we're going to do? And then when we are told something by the government, we we roll over and do it as sheep led to the slaughter. The government has no power over the church, but the bishops have given it power by obeying the government. And it's 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 tremendously frightening. The government has no power over the church unless we give it that power, and we've given it that power. Um, uh, okay, so he says, um, why would this be? Why don't the churches speak about the end times and judgment? Uh, he says, because I've requested it in my church over and over again, but it has been refused. Kind regards, Peter. I think maybe people are afraid. They're They're concerned about being thought as wackos buying into this um, um, end world, end times, last days hysteria. You know, all they want to be seen as sound and and um, sane, all of that. Uh, I did send out an email last week on the warning. And the heading was a warning about the warning. You could see it on our website, homepage, motherofisraelshope.org. Um, and our email goes to several thousand people, and I got quite a response from a number of them um, who uh, were not in favor of the video, its presentation, or its message. And so it, it is, uh, and, and I probably could have sent out a better video, but for me, 
Uh, I ignored some things in the presentation in order to get the message out because I think that that warning is upon us from God. Um, so as a, as this morning, Peter, if I come across things that are quite alarming and startling, I, I look at different places to make sure it's not one or two people uh, with a conspiracy theory. And then I, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'd rather warn people and give them the truth than even if they're falsely frightened, then hold it back and have information that could have helped them and in this case, maybe saved them. So Peter, God bless you. Um, uh, there's a good book I recommend. It's called The End of the World. Um, oh my goodness. It's the end of the present world. Uh, I, I forget. It was Teresa of Lisieux's, one of her favorite books. It was written in the 1800s. The End of This Present World uh, and the Life to Come. I forget the whole title. Uh, I'll give it to you tomorrow. God bless all of you. And love God with all your hearts and your families. Thank you.